0: So you guys know, I begged Graham to sing Akuna Matata as one of our songs tonight, but he wouldn't do it. Let's see here. There we go. Well, to our visitors, we're so thankful to have you worshiping with us tonight. We're just simply trying to be Christians here at the Great Oaks Church of Christ, and we want to show the love of Christ and be a light to our community, and so we're thankful that you're here. To our youth groups, man, it is great to look out and see all of these young people here in this auditorium. I'm excited that you're here tonight and that we're going to have a great time together, fellowshipping, enjoying food, and playing dodgeball together. I will say that this year has been great for the area-wides. Uh, we didn't really get to do them last year, I think we had one. Uh, but we got them all back rolling this year, and so it was my first time to participate as a youth minister and really enjoyed getting to go to Oliver Creek and to Germantown and to Bartlett Woods, enjoyed that all-nighter lock-in, um, and then uh, enjoyed getting to see everybody again tonight. If you didn't know, our area-wides have focused on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, and that's why I got all of these young men to read those passages tonight because those are the passages that we have studied. If you didn't open your Bibles with Logan, take out your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 6 because tonight we're going to study about worry in verses 25 through 34. Now, if you see by my title, you know that I'm a a huge fan of The Lion King. The Lion King was one of those Disney movies that came out in my youth that I absolutely loved. I was nine years old. Keep your comments to yourself. (laughs) I was nine years old when The Lion King came out in 1994. Some of you feel extremely old now, don't you? 1994. At one point of the movie, young Simba runs away from home. He's just filled with so much guilt because he feels like he's responsible for his father's death. It's all his fault. And so he meets a little meerkat and a gassy warthog named Timon and Pumbaa. And Timon and Pumbaa convince Simba uh, to leave his past behind and adopt their motto, Akuna Matata, which means no worries. I find it interesting that when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, you see Jesus telling his followers, his disciples, Akuna matata. Maybe he doesn't say akuna matata, but he says, Do not worry. Now, it's a little different from Timon and Pumba because the lack of worry doesn't come from running away from your past and your responsibilities, but instead he says, Don't worry. Because you're a Christian, and you're supposed to put your full trust in God to provide and take care of you. So if you look at Matthew chapter 6, and you start reading our passage, the first thing that pops out is the word, therefore. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Now, if you're a Bible student, when you see the word, therefore... You're supposed to go back and read what's been said before. So Jesus is drawing a conclusion. I'm right, Anna Tim. See there? I know some stuff. All right? You're supposed to go back and read what's been said before. So let's set up what Jesus just said. If you remember, you go back to Matthew chapter six, and you look at verse 19 through 21, and you see that Jesus talks about laying up for yourselves treasures on earth don't do it right moth can destroy thieves can break in and steal but instead lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also so Jesus taught that material possessions treasures on earth they don't last they can fade away they can be taken So you need to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven because those have lasting value. The other verse, he goes on just a few verses down in verse 24. He talks about how no one can serve two masters for he's either going to hate one and love the other. He can't be devoted to both of them. He's going to be devoted to one and despise the other. And he says you cannot serve God and money, God and wealth. So the next thing he teaches is that we cannot serve God and wealth, but we must choose who our master is going to be. So with those two things in mind, with Jesus just teaching, hey, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. They can fade away. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. With Jesus just saying, choose who your master is going to be. You can't serve both God and money. You can only serve one. What he's about to say really makes a lot of sense, okay? And so Jesus says, you don't need to worry. You're not supposed to worry. He's going to draw a conclusion on what He just said. God has got you, and since God has got you, He's going to take care of you, and He's going to provide for you. So don't worry about all these physical things if you have chosen God to be your master, Now when we look at this section of scripture, there are a lot of things that we can pull out. And this is the first thing that I saw, the lesson that I learned is being worried shows a lack of trust. Now go back and look at the beginning of that scripture. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, right? Don't be anxious. If you've made God your master, I'm going to take care of you. You need to trust me. And this is how Jesus is going to make his point. He's going to use two Illustrations from nature. Look at the first one here in verse 26, 25 through 26. We just read 25. Let's look down. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather, gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are, they, are you not more valuable than they? So Jesus is going to make a point here. He's going to make a point by using the birds of the air. We call this kind of a lesser to greater argument. He says, I got you, I'm going to take care of you, and this is how you need to know that God's going to take care of you. Just consider the birds, right? When you consider these creatures, they do absolutely nothing to help take care of themselves, like going out and planning. And sowing. Now you may see a bird up early in the morning getting a worm, you know what I'm saying? But they don't plant, they don't toll, they don't go out and reap and sow and put into barns. And yet if birds are so insignificant, right, God takes care of them, think about how much more valuable you are to God. If He takes care of the birds of the air, you best believe that He is going to take care of you. The next illustration comes from the lilies. If you look at verses 28 through 30 again, he's making a lesser to greater argument. Think about those birds. They're insignificant. They don't do anything. God takes care of them. Now think about the lilies. Look at what he says here. Don't be anxious about your clothing. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon and all of His glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and thrown into the oven, will He not more clothe you, O you of little faith? So again, we have Jesus using this illustration to make His point. Think about these flowers, these lilies that appear, how awesome they look. But they don't work to look that nice, right? Many of you have ever gone past a field and see a ton of wildflowers. You think, oh, that's so beautiful. But they didn't work to look that good. They're just there. And so you think about it, even though they don't work or make anything to make themselves look good, it says here that they looked better than Solomon in all of his wealth and all of his riches and all of his garments. And if God takes care of those lilies and he clothes them, Don't you understand that He is going to take care of you? If He's going to take care of an insignificant flower, He's going to clothe His people. And these flowers, I mean, they're going to spring up and they're going to wither away. And then once they wither, people would come and cut them and take them and they would throw them in an oven to fuel the fire to help bake bread. That's how insignificant they are. They're going to spring up and they're going to disappear. But yet God makes sure they're there. He makes sure they're beautiful. He's going to make sure that you're clothed and you have what you need. And so the point that Jesus is making here is when you look at these birds and you look at these lilies, you, on the scale of valuable, are way up here. And so if He takes care of those things, you best believe He is going to take care of you. So when we worry... We're actually saying that we don't trust that God will take care of us. So that's the first thing I learned from our passage. The second thing I learned is being worried does nothing to help the situation. I'm not going to sit up here and say that I'm the best at not worrying. I have a child. (laughs) I found out that I worry a whole lot more now for you older people in the audience I'd always ask my dad, why are you worried so much? And he'd always give me the speech, just wait till you have a child. I know what he means now. The other day I was watching the episode of Bluey. I forgot I had a child, and I looked up, and she was standing on top of the counter. I'm worried all the time. I don't know what she's going to do. I've got to watch her and take care of her. So I'm not going to sit up here and say that I'm the best at, at controlling my worry or my anxiety. But one of the things that I will say is that I've noticed that worrying about something... Does not help the situation. Now what's interesting when we look at this word, don't be anxious. It's the same exact word that's found in a couple of Bible stories. And which of you, uh, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life? So it's basically what Jesus is saying here is it does absolutely nothing for you to worry about this situation. It doesn't add anything to your life. It doesn't help you in any way. And like I said, this word is found in two Bible passages, the exact same word. Look right here in Luke chapter 10. You guys may put your eyes on this and remember who this is about right away. This is about Martha and Mary. And we know that Jesus enters a certain village and a woman named Martha brings him into her home. home. She wants to feed Jesus Jesus and have Him and, and, and take care of Him. And so she has a sister named Mary, and Mary sits at the Lord's feet and listens to His teaching and what He has to say. Now notice verse 40. But Martha was distracted. She was distracted with much serving, and so she went up to Him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Martha's kind of frustrated. She's trying to get everything prepared and everything in order, and she goes up to Jesus and says, Hey, are you going to get say something to my, my sister? Tell her to help me. Look at verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. So in this conversation, Jesus is saying to Martha, look, you're so worried about all these little bitty things. And that's to be over-concerned about something is what the word means. And, and so her mind is taking all these different directions, worrying about all these things, that she misses what is the most important thing. Mary chose the most important thing, and that was to sit and learn at the feet of Jesus. So you see Martha, Martha frazzled, right? Frazzled and not taking the time to focus on Jesus. The word also appears somewhere else. Here's another passage that it's found in Luke chapter 8. You remember the parable of the sower? And the the seed, which is the word of God, is sowed on different types of soil. And we have the seed that falls on the soil with the thorns. And it says, As for us, what fell among the thorns are those who hear, but as they go their way they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. So when you stop and you think about worry, these two passages really explain what worry does to us. Worry occupies our mind. It occupies our mind to where we don't truly focus on spiritual matters. Worry can cause us to focus on the world and what's going on in the world instead of putting our minds on things that are above, allowing God to transform us through His Word. And so I like what he says here. Jesus says, you can't do anything by worrying. It doesn't do anything to add any kind of span to your life. Worrying is no good. And when you look at these two Bible passages, it impacts your focus, and it impacts God's Word transforming you. You guys may have heard a name, Charles H. Mayo. His brother, along with his brother, created a famous clinic, the Mayo Clinic. This is what he said about worry. Worry affects the circulation. It affects the heart. It affects the glands. It affects the nervous system. I've seen a lot of people who've died of worry. Worry doesn't help. And that's one of the things that Jesus wants us to understand here in this section of the Sermon on the Mount. Worrying about all these physical things does absolutely nothing to help you. What do we do with worry? So instead of letting it be in our minds, instead of letting it occupy us and become something that we become obsessed with, instead of letting it take our focus off of spiritual things and what's most important, let's look at these two passages. First thing, we are to propel. I like that word better than cast. But it's the same thing. We are to cast all our anxieties on Him because He cares for you. That's what Peter tells us. So instead of letting it stay, throw it on God. Propel it on God. Okay? Give it to Him so that He can take it off of you. And the reason why is because God is concerned about you. God cares about you. He wants you to be holy, or to be holy and separate and to be whole and to be healthy. And so He wants you to bring your worries to Him. Well, how do we cast it to Him? How do we propel worry? How do we take it to Him? Well, Philippians 4, 6-7 tells us how. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Take it to God. Pray about it. Whatever's worrying you, whatever's occupying your mind. Right now, you may be worrying about physical things. Have you seen the price of eggs? Okay. <laughs> That may be something that you're really concerned about. Things have gone up, but we're told, hey, God's going to provide for us. This is a very anxious time. Do you know that there's a statistic that says you teenagers are the most stressed out generation of all time? Some of you are shaking your head yes. Maybe that's a COVID thing that added stress. I don't know, but some of the mental health issues... Maybe we know more about, and we have better statistics now than what we did in the past, but your generation, you are called the most stressed out generation right now. But here's what Jesus is trying to tell us. Hey, you don't have to be that way. Don't worry about the physical things. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. God's going to provide it for you. If you do have worry, if you do have anxiety, give it to God, put it on Him, pray about it, because this is what's going to happen. verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer is one of those tools that we can use to find peace. Our teens and I have been studying spiritual disciplines. And we just wrapped up the spiritual discipline of prayer. And I told my teenagers, Satan doesn't want you to pray. Satan wants you to keep prayer out of your life because it is the most powerful tool that you have. Because once you start praying, you gain a connection with your Lord and you have peace. You have peace that comes into your heart. You have peace that comes into your mind. And you don't doubt and you're not fearful. He wants you to stay away from prayer. But this is what we're told to do. When anxiety comes into our life, cast it on God. Pray about it. We have that tool to find peace and to gain understanding. Worrying about things don't happen. Uh, Worrying about things doesn't make things better. It doesn't make you happy. It takes away from your life. So cast it on God and pray to Him about it. This was the third thing that I learned from our section. Be concerned about spiritual things. Be concerned about spiritual things. Notice this, this section of Scripture with me here at the end. Therefore. Do not be anxious. So you guys understand, five times he talks about anxiety. Five times, don't be anxious. Therefore, do not be anxious. We see it again, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. But your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus says that worrying is a characteristic of those who belong in the world. When you start saying things, where's my food going to come from? What am I going to eat? What what am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? You sound like the Gentiles. You sound like the world because guess what? That's what the world focuses on, the physical things, the material things. But you are children of God. And since you have made God your master, you shouldn't focus on the material things. Instead, you you should focus on spiritual things. Life is more than physical possessions. Life is more than material items. He says, since God is your master, seek first the kingdom of God. And when you seek first the kingdom of God, and when you seek first His righteousness, God will give those things to you. He will take care of you. I saw a quote that says, I will always be worried if my focus is on me, my needs, My wants. The truth is, is when we focus on God and we trust in Him, the worry will stop. But we've got to remember to seek first the kingdom of God because we're God's people and that should be where our mind is. And here's our last point tonight. The things people worry about May never happen. This is the last thing that I picked from this section of scripture. Akuna matata. Don't worry. One of the reasons that you and I don't need to worry is because some of the things that we stress over, some of the things that we're dreading, may actually never happen. People worry about three days. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Now what's wrong with that? Why are we worried about yesterday? What can we do with yesterday? It's over, right? Nothing. So we're worried about something that has already happened. I have a great friend named Marshall Eubanks. He said some funny stuff, but there was one thing he said in a sermon one time. He said, you can't unscramble scrambled eggs. You can't go back and change what happened yesterday. People worry about tomorrow. What's wrong in that? We really don't know what tomorrow may bring. We may worry about something tomorrow, and guess what? It may not even happen, and you've wasted all that energy, all that focus on something that doesn't even take place. This scripture, focus on today. Therefore, don't be anxious. Again, he says it again about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient is for the day in its own trouble. Focus on today. When you think about it, it's pretty foolish to spend our time worrying about the future because we don't know what the future holds. Many of the things that we spend time worrying about never happen. Spend time facing the challenges that are ahead of you that happened that day. Don't spend time trying to face possible challenges that might come at some point focus on what you can control i wanted to pick this section of scripture out because it seems like we're we're anxious but jesus reminds us no worries i'm going to provide for you i take care of the birds i take care of the lilies I'm going to take care of you. Worrying about stuff doesn't help. It doesn't add anything to your life. In fact, it takes away. So don't worry about stuff. Give it to God and let Him take it for uh, for you. And let Him help you bear that. We should be focused on spiritual things. Because when all we're worried about is stuff going on in the world, we look like the world, but we're spiritual, and we're supposed to be spiritually focused. So think about spiritual things. Some of the stuff that we give so much time and concern about may never happen. I love this quote. The best thing about the future is that it only comes one day at a time. God values you. He loves you. He's going to take care of you. He wants you to bring your worries to Him. Tonight, maybe you're struggling with something. Tonight, maybe you've got a worry. Maybe you're anxious about something. And you want to bring it to this congregation. You want to ask for help. You want to ask for strength. You want to do exactly what we talked about. Cast it on Him. Church, we want to pray for you. We want to help you. We want you to know that you're not in this alone. Maybe you've got a sin in your life that you're struggling with. Maybe you've got something that you want to stop doing. And you want to change and repent. I want to pray for you. I want to take that to the Lord so He can help you and you can find strength. Whatever your need is tonight, whether it's worry, sin, frustration, I want to help you in your walk. You can come as we stand and have our invitation song. just as I am.